you know, when they get this email, this is the this is mainly a selling email. So I do see a lot of clicks on it. A lot of people have gone on to buy the second book or the third book in the series. So I feel like it's it's doing its job. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results with your author business. Thank you so much for being here this week and for spending some of your valuable time with us. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe because this is what we do here at The Author Biz. And if you're a regular listener, I, of course, want to thank you as well, because you're the reason I keep going and keep doing this podcast. This episode is all about your email list. We're going to talk about using a welcome sequence to build the relationship between you and your subscribers slash readers. And we're going to talk about a fantastic, almost magical way to grow your list that's working incredibly well for a lot of authors right now. Today's guest is Stephanie J. Pajonas. She's a writer, knitter, amateur astrologer, Capricorn, and Japanophile. She loves foxes, owls, sushi, yoga pants, Evernote, and black tea. She's a mother to two great kids and lives with her husband and family outside of New York City. She also blogs about her life as a writer at her website, sjpajonas.com. And that's where we kick things off today, with me asking about a recent post of hers where she goes through the good and the not-so-good of her third year in publishing. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. If you've got questions about any of the information that Stephanie shares today, you can leave them in the comments at the AuthorBiz website or inside the Facebook, the AuthorBiz Facebook group where Stephanie is an active participant. Before we get to this week's interview, there's a new book that I want to make you aware of. It's written by David Vandegrift. He is a, an attorney in the United States. You probably know him as the person or the man behind the Passive Voice, uh, a wonderful website for authors. He's written a new book called The Nine Worst Provisions in Your Publishing Contract. If you think you'll ever be interested in uh, traditional publishing and be faced with a contract, it's worth downloading this book. It's currently free. It's a short book. It's only 40 or so pages, uh, but well worth your time to download it. Just have in your library in case you ever need it. Again, The Nine Worst Provisions in Your Publishing Contract by David Vandegrift. As always, you'll find show notes for this episode at theauthorbiz.com where you'll also find links to Stephanie's website and everything else we talk about during the show. Let's get to it, shall we? <laughs> Stephanie J. Pajonas, welcome to The Author Biz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. We, you and I have communicated a bit on Facebook, and I read your blog, and you did an interesting post uh, a, a week or so ago, sort of celebrating your third anniversary in, in publishing. And it's not the kind of post that that we see every day in in terms of celebrating an anniversary there was some a lot of good and a little bit of bad that you shared in there and and you you did a lot of uh soul bearing i thought was that was it tough to write that post you know it's always tough to write about when you feel like you failed <laughs> I always strive to be as transparent and truthful as possible on my blog. I feel like my readers come and they want to hear the truth from me as much as I can, as much as I can. So I tried to be just as open as I can be on that post. Um, yeah, I, I shared a lot of the successes of this past year, and I also shared plenty of my failures as well. Uh, I, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to your podcasts. I listen to Joanna Penn. I listen to a million others and I hear a lot of success stories. A mm -hmm. lot of people, a lot of people are totally killing it right now and Kindle Unlimited and they're doing really well. And I've tried to follow in a lot of their footsteps because I, I think they're doing really awesome. I really would love to do the kind of business that they're doing. Um, but I, 
I have not been as successful as they have and following all of their, um, following all of their ideas. So I felt like, um, maybe I should come forward and tell people that, you know, that, that there are a lot of success stories out there, but there are also a lot of people who are still struggling and that it's okay to be struggling too as an author. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting because I, I watch a lot of sports. I'm a guy and I, I love football. And on Sunday, there's professional football. And if you watch professional football, you just think everyone that plays football is probably a, works their way up to being a professional football player. But it's like the top 1% of the top 1%. Right. And uh, we see, when we see these stories, I think, in, in a lot of cases, we think the same thing. Everyone is is selling $50,000 worth of books a month. And, you know, the reality is that almost no one is. But it's only the people that are doing it that are really talking about it. Right. And we look to success stories to help us on our journey, right? You know, you don't necessarily look at a uh, lower mid, lower to mid list author and think I want to be them. You want to be Stephen King or you want to be any of these best selling people. So we hear a lot about success stories because those are the things that people really, really want to hear about and really want to emulate. But I also worry about the people who are struggling, who are only, you know, maybe selling a book a day or a couple of books a month and mm -hmm. don't know necessarily what they're doing wrong. And and they feel very alone. So I wanted to give them my side of the story as well. And you know, the people that are really successful as indie authors right now, there seems to be sort of a formula for it. And it's writing a lot of books, writing really fast, publishing on a rapid and regular basis. And we can't all do that. No, I found out very easily that I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, you know, we'll get into that a little bit at the end. But for listeners out there, this is not a, a going to be a show about success or failure or, you know, what we're all accomplishing as authors. What we're going to be talking about today is primarily growing your email list, which is something that a lot of people are really interested in. I did a, a I did a survey recently asking what the biggest struggle was, and that was the number one. It tied for number one uh, with just basic discoverability, but growing the email list, and and that's something you have a really professional, a well done email list with a well done sequence and, and a really nice strategy for getting new users onto your list. So that's basically what we're talking about today is the combination of writing a good email sequence, a welcoming email sequence so that your email recipients sort of bond with you right off the bat and then we'll we'll get into building that list but let's let's start off at the very basic level what is an email sequence well um an email sequence which is called uh, automation on uh, mailchimp and a couple of other email providers some some of them like mailerlite calls it autoresponders but it's a sequence of emails and you can set up as many as you want and um, they basically step a new reader through you, through your list and what you offer. So my email sequence, which you've had a chance to look at, um, the, maybe the first one or first two? First two. Mm -hmm. First two, okay, uh, is a series of seven emails. And I have them spaced out over a 100-day period. Like the first email that they get introduces them to me and... Uh, I get email um, subscribers through many different areas, either through InstaFreebie, which we can talk about later, um, through my website and through a couple of other places. Um, so when they come to my list, they don't necessarily opt in on my website and then immediately get the email. Sometimes they opt in on InstaFreebie and it takes uh, maybe a couple of hours for me to import them into my list and for them to get that first email. So I want them to remember who I am. So I and introduce myself. Yes. Let, and let's, let me mm -hmm. break in here and just let's differentiate between the different ways that you get readers because it, uh, we're all familiar with the idea of, of putting the link to your uh, email signup form in the back of the book. Presumably then someone has read your book and they like it. They know who you are. So maybe you don't need to do a, something that explains who you are in the email. But but you do a lot of things where people 
maybe don't know who you are, maybe haven't read your book first. And uh, so this is a this is a welcoming thing. But we're all just used to creating this. Hey, thanks for joining my email list. I'll send you, you know, I send an email once a month or once a year or only when I have new releases or whatever. And then that's it. So this is a completely different approach that we're talking about here. And, and for good reason. And there is a really good reason why I do it like this. Um, over this past year, as I was struggling with myself and trying to figure out how to bring people to me and to my books, um, I learned a lot about advertising and how advertising actually works instead of just um, learning about uh, putting my books on sale and putting them into newsletter lists like Book, BookBub or BookSends or any of these, um, but actually understanding what advertising is. Um, so the first thing that I learned about was the difference between cold audiences and warm audiences. And a cold audience is like, uh, imagine yourself, you're selling <laughs> vacuum cleaners door to door, right? Mm -hmm. And how you may hit like a hundred houses in a day and maybe one person is going to be interested in buying your vacuum cleaner because you didn't call ahead. You don't know anything about these people. You don't even know if they're in the market for a vacuum cleaner. So it's going to be very hard to sell to them. Well, when I look at what I write, which is um, Japan-inspired fiction, so um, first of all, you have to maybe have a little inkling that you might want to read about Japan or you might be interested in Japan or Japanese. So I knew it was a hard sell, right? Mm -hmm. So I, going into a cold audience, I figured I was selling vacuum cleaners at that point. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would really, would really understand me or my books because maybe they'd see the cover and think, oh, I'm not really sure if this is for me. So I had to warm up my audience somehow. And I spent months thinking about this. I was like, how am I going to warm up my audience so that they're interested in me and my work? Um, and then uh, I did a lot of brainstorming, and I realized there were a couple of different ways to do this. I have um, ways of warming up my audience on Facebook by using my page and the people who are um, who are subscribed who like my page, mm -hmm. so that they've become a warm audience to me, and I and I advertise to them and their friends. Um, but also, my mailing list is a warm audience for me. Now, these people have heard from me before in the past. They've some of them have read my books. Most of them have, or they've they've come to me through maybe one of my free short stories. So they're they know of me. They're interested in me, and they're the people that are probably going to go on and read more of my work. So I decided this year that building my mailing list was probably the best thing that I could do for myself. And as a part of that warm-up process, you use this sequence. So Exactly. So we, we've talked a little bit about the first email message, and that's I, I have it sitting in front of me. And right. you, you open it with awesome readers and, and welcome and explaining uh, sort of who you are. There's a let me reintroduce myself. Uh, you show covers of some of your books, actual covers in there. Uh, with links to learn more, and then th there are links for free books right. through BookFunnel. And right. we've talked about BookFunnel book funnel before on here. I, I am curious. You, do you do you like using BookFunnel? I love using BookFunnel. I, I think it's very easy. You can easily upload your books there and keep them there, and um, and then you get a link that you can put either in you know in your newsletters. You can give them out to to readers that you meet along the way. It's it's very easy. And my readers find it very easy to download books as well. Good. That's the most important thing. Now, the last thing you put in your email message is a do you know section. And it's basically, for, <laughs> for the people out there that have MailChimp, you know that little star ranking thing that MailChimp has, uh, sort of an engagement thing. And you're letting your readers know that they'll get more from you if they interact by opening the email and responding and, and things like that. That's very clever. How did you come up with that? Um, I thought about it. I was thinking, you know, there are a bunch of people on my email list who do who do really well. Like they open up all my emails, they click on emails, and I see that they're engaged with my content. But then there are uh, a very large number of people at the bottom of my mailing list where Mailchimp either doesn't think that they've opened emails or hasn't clicked. You know, sometimes those stats can be wrong, but mm -hmm. um, I try to take them with a grain of salt. I thought, you know, if I could just tell them that. You know, if you're opening my emails and you're clicking, I'm going to give you more free stuff. So <laughs> I have uh, plenty of short stories that I've written, and I figured 
at some point, maybe I could just give them the free short stories. Maybe I can give them a couple of free copies of other books that are coming out. So, I, I mean, I have ideas of what I'd like to do in the future, but I wanted to let them know that if they engage with my content, that they have a better chance of, you know, getting more from me. And then I segment them off so that I have like a VIP list mm-hmm. of people who who are engaging all of the time. And then I have another list of people who, you know, have dropped off somewhat. What's been the response since you put that in? Did you notice a change in the <laughs> engagement level? What was really funny was after the first time I said it, um, put it in an email, I noticed there were a couple of people who were clicking on everything. <laughs> <laughs> up the report and some person had gone through and clicked on every single link in the email. I was like, okay, well, she obviously got the idea. But yes, I, I did notice a bit more engagement after I started telling people that, which is which is nice. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who are just not even going to open up the emails at all. Right. So, I mean, I get it, but um, the people that are, are definitely going to get something nice out of it in the future. Yes. And those are the ones that you want on your list. And you know, if you're going to wind up paying for them, those are the ones you want to be paying for. Absolutely. All right. So, What's next in the sequence? We've talked about the first one, and there are six more. So why are there more after this first one that that does such a great job of introducing you? We get the first one that's an introduction, right? And then the second one is my check-in. So I've had... um, I've given out my first email, and they get links to download my books. So um, in my second email, I ask them if... They downloaded the books and if they had any problems downloading the books. And this is a really good thing to ask about a week or 10 days later, because a lot of people will sometimes click on the links and they won't realize they won't realize uh, that they did it wrong or they may have downloaded the books and forgot about them. So if I check in about seven to 10 days later and say, hey, did you download the books or did you have any problems? Let me know. Uh, I usually get a couple of emails back from people saying, ah, oh, I don't know what I, I don't know what I did. The books disappeared or whatever it may be. And I, I help them out by resending them the links, or I tell them to get in touch with book funnel who will help them through and get their books. So the second email is a, did you get your books? And it would be easy. I, I shouldn't say easy, but it, it it's possible for someone to read most of this message and not see that there are the links to the free books there because there's a lot in the in the welcome message. So it, oh, yes. maybe that's also a reminder that hey, by the way, I did send you the links for the free books. If you didn't get them, let me know. Right, right. I want to make sure that they get what they're what they've come to my list for in the in the first place. Okay, so for I subscribe to a ton of author email lists. And I've, I don't know, a certain percentage, maybe 20% have the, the welcome message, not like yours, but a welcome message, you know, basically a thanks for signing up. And then a second one that did you get the free books? And then in my experience, they drop off, but you're taking it further. So what's the third email list or email in your sequence? Well, I want to also say that in the second email, besides did you download your books, I also redirect them to my blog. So I have a lot of content on my blog. Uh, which I keep updated um, pretty much every week with with something new. Um, I because I write books about uh, Japan. I also write uh, nonfiction, basically, on my on my blog about Japan. So um, I definitely redirect people to my blog from that second email. Uh, I give them a couple of popular posts that uh, that seem to be have a lot of fun stuff about them. Like, uh, I talk about like, um, let's see, history of Japanese clans and a couple of other things that they might be interested in. So with every email that I do, I try to give them a little bit of added bonus content. So the second email, did you check your books and, and check out my blog? My third email, um, is a reader survey at the top of the email. Let them know, where they can find me online. I give them links to all of my social media just in case they're, they're super interested in me and they want to follow me. So I give them that. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them a question about what their favorite book is. So I recently read some really amazing books uh, called Red Rising by Pierce Brown. 
I really love them. They were so great. I talked about them on my blog. So mm-hmm. in this part of my email, I say, oh, I really love these books. Why don't you tell me what your favorite book is? Hit reply in the email and let me know. So this is another interaction point that I can have with my readers. Not only that, but I'm hoping they're going to give me some great ideas of things to read. I love to find new books to read. So that's always a, a great thing to keep in your emails. And then I also do a reader survey. I have a three question survey on my website and I ask them three simple things like, where do you buy books? How do you read books? And what kind of genres do you read? And then this helps me decide where I want to sell and what I want to write, because I don't like being restricted to just one genre. I like to write science fiction and cozy mysteries and magical realism (laughs) and all these other things. So I thought if I ask them what their favorite genres are, this will give me a clue as to who in my audience would even be interested in maybe reading, I don't know, paranormal romance for me next, you know? And while this sequence is going out, we have the first email that, that goes out immediately, the second yes. one in, a, in roughly seven days. What's the timing for the third one? I go every 10 days. I oh, like, okay. that, way, that way they're getting about three emails from me a month. I don't feel like that's too much. Okay. And then you do – I may be signed up for two different things on your – I may be signed up for the blog posts and the email list. Do you also send out the blog entries to your list? Um, every now and then – in a regular newsletter that I send out, maybe about a new book release or a sale I might be having at the mm-hmm. bottom of the email, I'll include some uh, recent posts on my blog that they ha- that they may have missed. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so you are sending out a, a regular newsletter in addition to the sequence? Yes. Okay. Because there are plenty of people who are no longer in my sequence anymore. Right. They've right. gone through and they've dropped out, and so they get regular, just regular newsletters from me. And just because they're in the sequence doesn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't want to know if you just released a new book. They probably would want to know. Exactly. Okay. So let's go to number four. Number four is um, an upsell. (laughs) Number four is an upsell. So most of my readers come to me through my free books, either on Amazon or any of the other vendors I have them on. I have the very first book of my science fiction series removed. It's free on all the vendors. So... Mm -hmm. And they can get it also through uh, Insta Freebie. But after they read that, I want to make sure that that they may want to read the next book in the series. So I upsell them to the next book. Um, if you loved Removed, you'll love Released, which is the second book in the sto- in the series. So I upsell them to the second book in the series. Let them know where they can buy it. I uh, highlight the rest of the books in the series. It's a five book series, so I let them know that there are other books that they can go on to. And then um, I tell them about my short story series, and then I talk to them about pricing. Pricing is, oh, (laughs) it's such a hard thing to talk about because, um, you know, like a lot of readers get a lot of free books, Mm -hmm. so they're used to free and not necessarily purchasing from authors. But we, as authors, we need to be able to make a business out of our, out of publishing. If I wanted to, Oh, if I just wanted to give away books, I would just give them away and never, (laughs) never do anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? What, what's, what's your approach in talking about pricing? Uh, My approach is, uh, to remind them that I'm an independent publisher. I'm, I do all this myself and that, um, the editing and the covers and and all of the work that I do does cost money for me up front. So and and I keep my prices low, $5.99 or $4.99 actually and lower, unless it's a box set. So I try to pass along the savings to my customers. And generally I give away a lot of books on my own. So they're usually getting about eight to $10 worth of books from me for free by the time they start paying for something anyway. So I just let them know that, you know, I do my best to keep my prices low and I hope that they'll understand that I'm an independent publisher. And do you ever get any flack from that? Nobody said anything. Okay. So I think it's, I think it's going over well. <laughs> and, and do you notice, do you notice anything positive happening from that? Do they, do they, do, do a certain percentage of them click through and, and buy a book when they get that email? 
You know, when they get this email, this is the this is mainly a selling email. Um, mm-hmm. So I do see a lot of clicks on it. A lot of people have gone on to buy the second book or the third book in the series. So I feel like it's it's doing its job. Okay, and with this email, is it series agnostic? Because as as you've mentioned, you have multiple series. So, or, or do you know which series people are are interested in? When I sell people to my mailing list, I'm selling me as a whole author. Okay. I, I I have seen other authors do it where they have a separate mailing list for each one of their series, and I I totally think that's an awesome idea. I have never been able to figure out how to make that work for me as an author because I just I I write in so many different genres that I would really I would have to really segment it out. And at this point, I kind of feel like there is the chance that they're going to jump from one genre to the other. So I might as well give them that, that chance. In this email, do you then say, if, uh, do you say, here's the next book in the cozy mystery series and here's the next book in the paranormal series? Is, is that basically what you do? Do you guide them depending on what path they're on? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay. So that's, that's, Email four, what's what's number five? Number five, uh, I give a 20 days, no, 30 days between my upsell and my next one, which okay. is um which is another which is another email about some contemporary romances I wrote, which are a little bit outside of the main out of the main of <laughs> of my series that I have going on. But I also start off by telling them about my trip to Japan. So I went to Japan like two weeks ago. It was awesome. I mm-hmm. had such a great time, took tons of photos, ate a ton of food. So I wanted to tell them about it because obviously, I mean, I write books about Japan, so I, I might as well share my love of Japan with them as well. So at the top of the email, I share something personal. I talk about my trip to Japan and how it went for me. And then I also ask them, have you done any traveling lately? You should tell me about it because I love to travel. So hit reply on the email and tell me about where you've been. And hopefully they will write back and tell me what they're doing. So that's always at the top of the email. And then I tell them about my other books that are not necessarily in series yet. My Cozy Mystery series only has two books in it so far. So it's only the first two. And so I tell them about my Cozy Mystery series. I tell them about my two contemporary romances and then I'm done with that email. Okay. And do you have any sense of what percentage of people that get this email reply? Um, I'm guessing it's only – it's a very small percent. Very okay. small. But mm-hmm. you're forming a relationship. When someone clicks that reply button and is communicating directly with you, then you, you've tightened that relationship. Uh, uh, it's, it's moved a quantum leap forward. Right. Okay, uh, that's number five. What's number six? Number six, uh, I wait another 20 days, and okay. then I ask them, how are you enjoying my books, and would you mind leaving a review? Okay. This is, this is the hardest one, and this is actually the email in the sequence where I get the most drop-off, to be honest. This okay. is where I see a lot of people. This is, I, I only have about a 2% unsubscribe wait rate for my um from my mailing list, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But this is this is where I see most of the drop-off. Now, if I never asked for reviews, uh, you know, I'd probably get like the standard amount of reviews from most uh from most authors. But I do ask for reviews and I do get some out of this one. So I'm pretty happy with the fact that even though I get unsubscribes from this particular email that I still ask for reviews. I give them links to all of my books on Amazon. They can go and leave them. I tell them how important they are for authors. And and then I cross my fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> okay. You're a technical person. So I'll yeah. ask you this question. Are you afraid that having that many links in an email will, will get it routed through to spam? You know, I think that um, any newsletter at this point has the potential to go to spam or mm-hmm. even the promotions tab on right. Gmail. So I, I try not to sweat it. Okay. All right. So that's six. There's one email left in the sequence. One email left. And I check in with them at a, the, uh, the hundred days mark. And I just, um, I just say, Hey, it's been a long time since we last talked and I hope that you're doing well. And 
Um, this will probably be the last email you get from me for a while until I have something more really important to tell you about. And here are two other places that you can follow me on BookBub or Amazon. And peace out. And we're done. <laughs> so over the course of the seven emails, you hit everything that you would want essentially right. from a reader. You, you're upselling them. You're asking for reviews. You're asking them to follow you on social media. You're asking them to follow you on BookBub and Amazon. You cover right. everything. I do. I, th- I had sat down when I decided I was going to do this sequence. I had seen other authors do it as well. And I looked at what I looked at their sequences and I sat down and I really thought about what, what I wanted to get out of this, if I was going to do it, because it is a lot of work setting up all the emails and mm-hmm. getting the system ready and et cetera, et cetera. So I thought about really what I wanted to do and I've tweaked it over time. I've made them more personal. I've asked for more information. So uh, and you, once you start, I mean, you can go back and you can pause your automation sequence and you can go in and change things. So it's, it's not set in stone. All right. I'm assuming that everyone listening understands how the automation sequence works, but if there's someone out there that doesn't, can you just sort of really quickly explain it? Okay. So MailChimp has this, um, MailerLite has this, I use both services currently. MailChimp, uh, is something that you have to pay for. It is not, it is not covered under their forever free plan, forever free. Um, so it's something that you have to pay for. But once you pay for um, the MailChimp automation sequence, what you do is you go in and you set up, it's like a new automation sequence on the page. And then it'll ask for how you want to trigger the very first email. And I usually set it to trigger uh, when a subscriber joins my list or they're imported into my list. Um, and you can send it right away immediately and you can set it to delay too. If you want, like you want to send it a couple hours later or a couple days, you can do that. So once the first email is triggered in the sequence and the reader gets it, they can then move on to more emails in the sequence. So I've got my seven, seven, um, emails in the sequence. Mm-hmm. They get you, you can set the delay in MailChimp or MailerLite and say, I'm going to delay the next one by a week or 10 days or whatever it may be. And it just happens automatically. You don't have to do anything once you start it up. It's very fuss free. And then when you go in, I, I, I know in, in the case of MailChimp, you go in and it shows you how many people are in each of the buckets who are yes. getting ready um, to get the third email and the fourth email and the fifth email, et cetera. Right. It'll show you the queue. So you can go in and look at each one of the queues and you can see where people are in the sequence. Okay. Uh, you've talked about MailChimp and I think a, a lot of, a lot of authors are going to be familiar with MailChimp because they have that free tier that a lot of people get started with. But you've also talked about a mailer light. And that's something that I was completely unfamiliar with prior to reading your uh, your blog post. And I've done a little bit of research, and I'm actually going to give it a try. It, it looks it looks very interesting to me. Can you sort of give us a, a high level overview of MailerLite and how it maybe uh, is different from Mailchimp? Well, MailerLite is another newsletter. Uh, subscription service, just like MailChimp. Okay. But the reason why it is becoming popular with authors right now is because, um, number one, they let you have the automation slash autoresponder service for free from the very beginning, even if you only have 10 people on your list. So you can set up these automation emails right away on MailerLite. Whereas with MailChimp, you have to start paying right away. And so, with, with MailerLite, the free tier mm-hmm. is a thousand, right? Yeah, you know what? They recently changed some of their some of their pricing plans, but I believe it's uh, free up to uh, free up to a thousand. And then the next tier is one thousand to five thousand subscribers, and I believe it's ten dollars a month. I would have to look it up. Either way, it is far and away cheaper than MailChimp, which is why a lot of people are switching. Okay, and next we're going to get into some different techniques that you've used to grow your email list, and, and that's when this becomes important. Some of the people that are using these techniques to grow their lists are growing them so quickly that they're alarmed, that their uh, their MailChimp right. bills are going up. And it, it's, it's actually a problem because when it happens that quickly, you don't know what the value of the list is, or maybe you don't understand the value of the list. So you start looking for a cheaper alternative. But let's, let's talk about InstaFreebie. You've used that term a few times today. What is InstaFreebie? 
Well, you can check it out at instafreebie.com. So it's I-N-S-T-A-F-R-E-E-B-I-E, instafreebie.com. Um, it, this is a lot like BookFunnel um, in the way that you can put your books into InstaFreebie and then you can deliver them to readers um, via email. So a reader will come to your InstaFreebie page uh, to a campaign that you've set up. They put in their name um, and their email address and what type of book they want, like EPUB, Mobi, PDF, and uh, the system will automatically send it to them in an email. Um, but the cool thing about InstaFreebie is that they have their own community. They have a community of readers that they leverage in order to get uh, in order to get authors subscribers to their mailing list. So they have a blog that they. They post on a couple of times a week. Um, they have their own mailing list. And when authors offer a book for free on InstaFreebie, they can offer it to the InstaFreebie community. So the uh, InstaFreebie the InstaFreebie people, the administrators, uh, look at all of the free books that are available. And then sometimes they choose to highlight them or promote them. Like, for for example... When they first started doing this earlier this summer, I, uh, I offered to give my first book of my sci-fi series for free. And they, they said, great, we'll put it on the homepage. I said, oh, wow, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so they did. They put it on the homepage, and I got 1,500 subscribers to my mailing list in two days. Good grief. Right. <laughs> it was a lot. And, and I knew like, I had a week between... When I said, hey, I'll give you my my book for free for your homepage, and they said yes, between then and when they featured it, and that was when I went in and I set up all of these autoresponders. I was like, this is this is my okay. this is my chance to actually use this feature and figure out and and welcome these people who don't know me but are getting my book for free, and they can figure out if they want to stick with me or not. So that was when I went in and I set up my automation sequence because I figured this is this is my ticket. <laughs> so InstaFreebie occasionally, a couple times a week, uh, features books on their blog, in their newsletters, um, and then those people will get anybody who comes and claims the book will get their email address and it can immediately go into, into MailChimp. It does not immediately go into any other newsletter services. Right now, they only support MailChimp. But, like, I use MailerLite. I get, I still get the email addresses. They just end up in, a like, a CSV file on their website, and I download it, and I import it into MailerLite for Okay, me. but there's an API or, or some sort of handshake between MailChimp and InstaFreebie to automatically get those messages in into your system and that starts the queue immediately then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is one reason why a lot of people stick with MailChimp because MailChimp has lots of great integrations. Like they, I believe that there's even an integration between Facebook and MailChimp so that you can easily, if you do lead ads in Facebook, that it'll immediately go into MailChimp. So, I mean, I understand MailChimp is extremely easy to use and they have lots of great integrations. So um, I definitely gave up a little bit of that by going with MailerLite. But um, at this point, because because I'm still working on my business and I decided I would save some money with MailerLite instead. Okay. And there are other ways that authors are sort of working together uh, with InstaFreebie. Can you explain that? Yes, I'm, I'm actually a part of a, a group giveaway right now. So there are a couple of uh, ways that you can leverage InstaFreebie to make it really work for you. Uh, you can get together with similar authors, a similar genre, and all put your books on InstaFreebie and do a group promo, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm doing a group promo with like 19 other cozy mystery authors. And we're all offering our books for free on InstaFreebie right now. So in the very beginning, we set it up for like a three-day stretch, three or four days. And in the beginning, we, um, we, we came up with, you know, a name for the promo. We came up with an image. And then um, and one of the authors put them all on her website on one page so that we would have one place to send people too. And then we all sent out our newsletters about it. So each one of us 
the 20 authors involved, we all get our readers involved on our newsletter mm-hmm. and they get free and they get free books for it. So we started this promotion on like approximately like Saturday night, Sunday morning. And I've already got 2000 subscribers from it. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, let me, ex- let me explain what, what, here's what I, here's the way I thought this worked. And I, I didn't understand differently until like a couple hours before the interview when I actually found the email that you sent out to your email list and went on and, and clicked and downloaded some free books to find out how it worked. And right. I assumed that all 20 authors were getting the email addresses, and that's why everything snowballed so quickly. But I, in, in doing it that way, the message that I'm getting when I clicked on your book, it says, Stephanie's going to get this email address and, and you're going to be added to her email list. Is that okay? And so this is, that means 2,000 people have clicked on your book and they want your book, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You're right. So <laughs> tell me, I, this is one of the things I love about InstaFreebie is that it's very transparent. You know that you're getting my book and that you're signing up for my mailing list. Um, so there is no, there's no ambiguity about it at all. And then um, because I use MailerLite, I import the email addresses every night before I go to bed and they get my welcome email like that night or the next morning. And they know that they signed up for my list through InstaFreebie. Makes it very easy. So a lot of people do these group promotions. So authors band together and they do them together. Um, there are a couple of Facebook groups that are helping people come together to do Insta freebie giveaways like this, which is which is great. This has popped up in the last month or so. Yeah, and those groups are pretty small because I, I when we determined we were going to talk about this, I, I just started poking around. I found the groups. It's like you know a few hundred people in each of the groups. It's not enormous. So Insta freebie has been around for about two years now. Um, I started using them right at the very beginning because, uh, it was way before book funnel and I wanted a way to deliver, uh, free books to people that would make it easy for them. So I signed up for Insta freebie like two years ago before they even were gathering email addresses and making it into like a newsletter system for authors. So I've been using them for a very long time and, um, I offered to beta test for them, from the very beginning. So they've come to me over the past two years and asked me, you know, what are things that you guys want? And I said, I want to build my newsletter list. (laughs) I was like, thank you for asking me. I really want to build my newsletter list. And they listened. Uh, The people at InstaFreebie are really fantastic. They really have their eye on the game. They do listen. If there are problems, you can contact them. But, um, their business development team is really on the ball. They really understand what authors need, and they've been working really hard these past two years to make it a really robust system. Um, and I know for a fact that they've got even more stuff coming that's really awesome too. Although I'm not allowed to talk about it, so okay. Well, you <laughs> but have, I can tell you it's going to be good. You have enough experience with them to be a, a fair judge of the quality of the the names that are being added to your list. Are they? as good as the people that are signing up for your list after reading one of your books. Yeah. In fact, I feel, feel like they, um, they're more like power readers. So when I tried Facebook ads to bring people to my list, it failed miserably. First of all, I had trouble targeting my audiences and whatnot, but the people that you would get wouldn't be engaged with my work because they weren't really readers. Like they might've been interested in a little bit, mm-hmm. but the people who go to Insta freebie are readers. The only reason that they are there is because they read books and they want to read more books. So if anything, they're even more engaged than regular, than regular readers. Okay. I mean, this, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's almost, I don't know. It, it, the the jet propulsion with which this works is is almost a little bit like bookbub where you're not you're not selling books but you're accomplishing something really quickly right <laughs> it can be really exciting <laughs> to see your mailing list grow from like 200 people to like 3000 in a couple of days so um the the excitement is definitely there and the only the way that I capitalize on that is by using my automation sequence so that, you know, they're introduced to me and as the emails come to them, they 
they're uh, they're either engaged and they really want more or they drop off. So I, I would think at this point I have about a 2% drop off from, from all of these Insta freebie uh, subscribers. And I think 2% is pretty darn good. Okay. So. Now Insta freebie is not for everyone as I understand it. And obvi- there would obviously be some people it's not for people that maybe only have one book. Um, but primarily it's not for people who have all of their books in Kindle unlimited because you would be violating the terms of your agreement with Amazon. Is that, is that a true statement? I believe it is a true statement. When you uh, upload a book to InstaFreebie, they do give you a warning that says, please make sure that this is not in Kindle Unlimited, this is not an exclusive book, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, they are the ones that are warning us, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to take them at their word that that's not something that should be done if you're in Kindle Unlimited. One last thing that I want to get to, and then we'll wrap up, is your sales mix. You're obviously not a Kindle Unlimited author, but you were at one time, and you decided to go wide. And in your three-year anniversary wrap-up, one of the successes uh, described a sales mix that surprised me. Most, I I shouldn't say most, but over 50% of your sales are coming from, from sites other than Amazon now. In these past couple of months, yes, I, I worked really hard um, from about March to now to bring up sales on other platforms. Uh, one of the ways I did that was by uh, distributing my books to iBooks and to Barnes and Noble by using Draft to Digital. Okay. All right. So I, I really like Draft to Digital. It's a great uh, it's a great way to access these platforms because they become customer service for me. Like they take a chunk of my royalties, but in return I get customer service from them. So when I put all of my books back onto iBooks, um, Nook, Kobo, and Google Play, I worked hard to to figure out how to reach readers on those platforms. And the way I reach readers on iBooks and Nook is to ask draft to digital to help me out. Now, not a lot of people realize that you can write to draft to digital and say, Hey, do you have any promotions coming up that I might be a good candidate for? Guess what? There are usually. So I did this. I talked to my contact at draft to digital. Um, she was very helpful and she got me into a few promotions on iBooks. Um, I don't think I got into any on nook, but iBooks is definitely doing well for me right now. Um, and by beginning into these promotions, I got in front of, I got in front of readers eyeballs and they saw me, they started downloading my books and they started buying, um, and they're still buying, which is amazing. Like it doesn't have the same kind of 30 day drop off that Amazon does Interesting. Um, with, with Kobo. I went direct with Kobo. Mm-hmm. And if you go direct with Kobo, you can write to Kobo. This is another little trick. You can write to Kobo and say, Hey, I really want to do promotions with you guys. Can you help me out? And they will turn on a tab in their dashboard called the promotions tab where you can once you're once you're in the promotions tab, it'll show you all the upcoming promotions that they have available uh, that you can apply for. And some of them you do have to pay for. Let's see, I was in a free promotions for science fiction and fantasy for the first book in my series. And I paid $5 Canadian for it. <laughs> all right. And it ran for a week mm-hmm. and they had it on a special page that is all freebies in my genre. And my my sales just started climbing after that because people downloaded the first book and they went on to buy other books in the series. I had an amazing month on Kobo. Like last month, I think it was, I made like, well, for me, this is amazing. Okay. I made like a hundred dollars on Kobo, which is like, wow, I've only ever made like $2 on Kobo. I think for a lot of people, a hundred dollars on Kobo is pretty darn good. (laughs) Right. So, so when, I mean, my, my monthly incomes are very small as a very, I'm at like a niche of a niche author. So for me, just though, to see that those other platforms became like 50% of my income really made me feel good about taking the plunge and going wide. Okay. Now I know because we talked earlier that you've got to leave to pick up your kids quickly or, mm-hmm. or soon, but, soon. Mm-hmm. but, uh, we, we sort of mentioned earlier that, that you were dealing with, you, you, you were sort of overworking yourself and got into a burnout situation. So let's very quickly talk about that. Sure. Um, 
last winter, uh, last fall, actually, when both of my kids started going to school full time, I saw an opportunity to start writing a lot. You know, I see all these new authors and they're writing like a book a month and they're putting it in Kindle Unlimited and they're killing it, man. They're just doing so well. I saw them and I thought, I want to do that. That looks awesome. But I realized that writing that much was and and that was basically all I was doing was writing every single day. I wasn't reading. I wasn't taking any downtime. Um, I'm a knitter and I like to knit. So, and I wasn't even knitting. Like I've got this shawl I've been working on for like two years now because <laughs> I put it off and I was doing nothing but writing. And, and it really, it, it burned me out. Like there was a point where I, I stopped writing. I had written two books and two books in a row. And that for me is a lot. My books are like 85 K. Um, and I thought, Oh God, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And I still had to edit those books mm-hmm. and, and get them out. And that was my, that was like October through January was I did nothing but writing. And it wasn't one of these things where I was like writing and releasing, writing, releasing. I was only writing, Oh, it was just, it was just hard on me. I, I, I didn't do anything else but write and I didn't refill my creative well, which is really important. So I, I slipped into like a pretty major depression in the earlier part of this year, um, where I didn't want to do anything. I, I forced myself basically to work on my website and to work on my newsletter and to do things that weren't a part of writing. And then I started to get a little bit of the spark back. So I, I went through and I edited my books and released them. And it was all the way through summer when I was still not writing. So I took mm. like a six month break of not writing after doing that. And mm-hmm. now I've, now I'm back at it. <laughs> but with, with different goals now. With yeah, different, with different goals. goals, with different goals and um, a different schedule. I'm definitely taking time every day to read, I'm taking time to like be outside, to exercise and to make sure that I'm be- a whole person. Being a whole person is so important. Stephanie, where can people learn more about you? Well, you can learn more about me on my website. It's spajonas.com. That's S-P-A-J-O-N-A-S.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and um, I'm pretty much everywhere. <laughs> I'm pretty accessible. My website's the best way to get in touch with me, though. Okay, I will link to the website and your social media accounts. Uh, you're also in the Author Biz Facebook group, and you're very active in there, and I thank you for that. So people can also find you in there. Uh, anything else that I should have asked you that I didn't? No, I think we covered a lot today. Thank you so much for your time. It's been delightful. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm. 